0: this is the adoptive mom podcast adoption may look different for each family but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap and that is what we do here we encourage we build up we share the wins and losses we lean on each other and we get through this together thanks for joining us 115 of season eight of the Adoptive Mom Podcast, where we are chatting all season long with adoption influencers all over the social spaces. My name is Alex Fitton, and I have the great pleasure of hosting this show for you guys, a job title that makes me just so happy. You guys have no idea. Today, we get to sit down with Ashley Evans, who is a TikTok influencer, along with her husband, Stephen and their adorable adopted son, Abriel. Um, you guys, when we recorded this, she had, I think, 400,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, TikTok. And now she has over a million. You guys, that's a lot. Um, She has been so much fun to follow in the past few months. And if you're not already a fan of theirs, definitely make that happen today. It was so fun to record with her. And I actually got to meet Abriel, who is too young to know what a little celebrity is, but did definitely chase her out of the room she was in while we were talking and into their sauna. Uh, Did I mention they have a sauna? Their house is really cool. And she talks about it some in the episode. So let's go listen in. But first, of course, I have to remind you guys about something, and that is the fun bonus content we have going on over on Patreon. Excuse me. I know I plug it at the end of every show, but seriously, if you're not a part of the fun stuff, you're missing out. Ashley and I had a hilarious conversation after our main interview that can only be heard on Patreon. Plus, subscribers get in each episode a week early. And plus, it's an amazing and cheap way to support the show. Um, you guys, this is like a small business that I run over here and it costs money to do this free show for you guys. And so with your $5 a month, you have no idea how much it actually helps me out and helps me to be able to keep doing this. It's such a small commitment, but it is one that makes a huge, huge difference uh, for the life of the podcast. So I appreciate so much every single one of the supporters over on Team A&P. Okay, let's go talk to Ashley Evans. Hey guys, Editor Alex jumping in here to let you guys know that I really enjoyed my conversation with Ashley Evans. Um, It was such a fantastic talk and interview, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. However, this definitely does not uh, meet my normal sound quality expectations. Um, Our internet was really spotty, and also there was a microphone issue, and so it was just not... Uh, The greatest sound quality episode. However, the content in it is still so good And especially if this is your first time listening Just know that this isn't how the podcast will normally sound But I really really hope that you guys will listen anyway and really enjoy this episode with ashley She has really great things to say. Okay on to the episode Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am so excited to be talking to Miss Ashley Evans today. Uh, You guys probably know her from TikTok and from Instagram. Um, She's doing really cool stuff in the adoption world. I am so excited to have her join us this morning. So with that said, welcome, Ashley, to the show. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to come and chat with you and hopefully inspire other adoptive parents to, you know, share their stories and anyone who's wanting to adopt to kind of push them. And yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, I'm so excited. That's exactly what we do here. We hopefully, you know, show adoptive families, the good, the bad, and the ugly hand them all the tools they need to really kill it at this adoption thing and be included in this super cool community that I have, uh, I have found is just like so fun to be able to connect with other adoptive moms. Um, which is like, that's like on the DL. That's the reason I do this podcast just to like connect with other people, yeah (laughs) just to be able to talk to people. Um, Yeah. I love it. So take a second before we jump into your whole story. Just take a second and introduce us to yourself and your family. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do.
1: So my name again is Ashley and then my husband's name is Steven. We adopted our son, Averyal, as a newborn. Um, My husband is a real estate investor slash realtor and I am a dermatology nurse. And Abe is just a cute TikTok sensation.
0: (laughs) That that would be his resume, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, truly.
0: (laughs) Um, I love that. So yeah, you guys have a pretty hefty following, which is really cool. Um, When did that really start growing for you guys?
1: Yeah, thank you. So we started, well, my husband wanted to start a TikTok like a year ago. And I told him I'm not starting a TikTok. I'm not doing that. And then in January of this year, I finally caved. So yeah, we hit 500,000 a few days ago. So we were pretty stoked about yeah, that. I
0: mean, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal.
1: Yeah. We are super excited. We can't take the credit. It's <laughs> all April. real, but
0: no, you guys are a super cute family. And so I think that just all, of, <laughs> all of the pieces there. Um, so yeah, if you guys have been following along, you know, that Ashley really shares her heart about adoption. You're really open about adoption, which is great. Um, some people think Thank that's you. not great, apparently. <laughs> uh, <Yep. laughs> yeah, you've recently yep. <laughs> come under some fire, uh, which we're going to talk about. But I think the cool thing about what we're doing this season, just interviewing adoption influencers, just talking about how you guys persevere through all the negativity, because I think a lot of the time we can assume like, oh, you have this big following, like that must be amazing. And you're like, uh-huh. actually, like I'm putting myself out there for criticism constantly, right? It's um,
1: it is amazing like the amount of support that you have but also you get this big following of people that definitely do not support you and they are not afraid to say whatever they want so you know you want to make it big and then you have to realize you're gonna no matter what you do people are going to hate it yeah
0: absolutely so yeah, before, I mean, we can jump into all of that later, but I really am interested to hear even the very beginning of your journey. Like when did you guys decide to adopt all the way to now?
1: Yeah. So we struggled with infertility for about three years. Um, we tried some different infertility treatments that didn't really work. Um, and then one day, you know, I was having like a really bad day and my husband came up to me and said, maybe we should look into adopting. We had both always wanted to adopt. So he's like, you know what? We might as well just like save up money, start the process. And that same night, instead of, you know, starting with saving money, I just decided to reach out to agencies and kind of just get the process rolling. Um, So yeah, we had matched with a couple adoptive or expecting moms, sorry. And, you know, two of them didn't work out. And then out of the blue, one of our um, adoption lawyers reached out and kind of matched us with April's birth mom. And the rest
0: is history. What was that process like going through, going through kind of journey of education on birth mom support and on how to support all wives, you know, not just like the baby, but what was that process like for you guys? Cause I know there's always a chance that it doesn't work out, you know, and, and they're kind of walking through that. It's amazing to talk to adoptive moms who are like, You know, we we really fell in love with our birth mom, or we didn't know her all that well, or whatever. So, what was that like for you?
1: I mean, each scenario was a little different. Luckily, our agency that we did end up going with is amazing. They have so much birth mother support or expecting mother support, which is kind of nice because you you know that you're kind of matching with people who have talked to them and made sure you know adoption is really the right path for them. Um, But. Our first match actually wasn't through our agency. It was with a really good friend of ours, sister. And so we were really hopeful, you know, close with one of our best friends, her brother. Um, And that didn't work out, which was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, We still had nothing but the best intentions for her. Like, we wanted her to be successful and be a great mom. Um, But that was our first, like, heartbreak with adoption. So, you know, it kind of hit hard. Our second one, we matched through an agency or through our agency, and we weren't super hopeful with that one just because they were pretty young. You know, it was going to be their first child. And we knew, you know, when you give birth to a baby, your hormones change and all of that. And they still had like a long road ahead in their pregnancy. So we were just kind of chatting letting her know we were there for her if she needed anything. Um, and then when we matched through Abe's birth mom, it's way different. Cause it was through our lawyer instead of like an agency. And so, her and I, we weren't super close at the beginning. Like we would text occasionally, but with your lawyers, they don't really give you each other's phone numbers. So it's not like you can really get to know them all that well. Um, until she went into like preterm labor, which they were able to stop. But after that, her and I had each other's direct phone numbers. So I think from that period, we were able to like connect more, but I would say we didn't really get super close until she actually gave birth to Avriel. um, which, if I could give advice to anyone, it'd be try and get as close to the birth mother as possible. You know, she is about to give you a child and she doesn't really know anything about you. Um, so yeah, we got really close after he was born. And now we're like family. So
0: I love that. So you guys have an open adoption or a semi open adoption?
1: Yep. We have a fully open adoption. Um, her and I text
0: often and
1: it's sometimes honestly it's not even about Ariel, it's about like, cool stuff we found to like go shopping and she'll send me stuff that she bought and, you know, make me want to go shop. Um, I always tell her we're there for her. She needs anyone to talk to you about anything in life. So, you know, we just talk more on like a friends and family level. I got a neck injury of, well, I had a stiff neck, but it was terrible. And so she, you know, she'll text me and say like, how are you doing? And, you know, but we keep it really open. I tell her anytime she wants to see Ariel, just shoot us a text message. And let us know like at least a week ahead of time so we can plan to make a trip. And anytime she wants a FaceTime call, text, we're always here.
0: I love that. Like I just man, I think it's so cool. It's like adoption of a relationship, adoption of their their biowether, adoption of all yeah. of these. I don't know, kind of like we're using that term metaphorically now, but talking about just adoption of like a whole yeah. new kind of lifestyle that. All the time we don't oh, know this sure. until we're in it. And that kind of leads to yeah. my next question, you know, just talking about, I think that there's so much fear, especially with women who are going through infertility that, that this is like, I mean, this is going to sound really nasty, but this is genuinely the thought process is yeah. like, it's not going to be the same. It's like the plan B or it's like, you know, something like that. Yeah. And then uh, on the other side of it, so many are women are like, no, like this is the, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What is oh, the process sure. of attachment and kind of learning like this is our family now, even though it's not what we originally thought it might look like, what has that been like for you?
1: I think it's hard going through infertility, you know, especially for me, I always like wanted to get married, have a big family, you know, we always wanted to adopt, but our first plan, you know, was have our own like biological children first and then plan to adopt in the future. Um, So I think infertility, when you're going through it, it hits you really hard just because you can't do what your body is supposed to do, which is carry a baby. Um, but now I always say, if I could do it all over again, I would choose to never have my own biological children just so that I could have Abriel. Um adoptions hard in a sense where at first it felt like we had to make our family happy, but make his birth family happy. And now I just feel like we have such like an extended family. Like it doesn't feel like we have to try. Um. yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine my life without Avril. He is my son, regardless of blood. And his birth family is our family. Like there are some of our best friends. There's some of our family now. And I couldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world.
0: Yeah. And what were, what were some of the expectations that you put on yourself for those early moments with attachment and with just kind of like figuring out how to be a family of three instead of a family of two, you know, versus reality. I I talk about not, not just negative attachment or negative expectations, but I think we all have expectations going into, you know, natural parenthood um, and versus like what actually happened. So what was that? What was that for you?
1: I think, so we got the phone call that his birth mom was going to be induced the next day. And our expectations, we were going to have this like glorious day. Like it was going to be the best day of our lives. We're going to meet our son. It's all going to be like butterflies and rainbows. And that was like the furthest thing from the truth. I tell people it was the worst day of our entire lives. You know, you're so excited because here's this baby that you're going to adopt, but how can you be so happy when you know that his birth mom's having the worst day of her whole life? You know, she's, giving her child away that she just carried for nine months. And so I think that's an expectation that people need to be aware of is that if you're there when the baby's born and you think it's going to be this like glorious day, you have to remember that someone is having the worst day ever and it's not going to be like, I don't know. It, it was happy because we got to meet him, but
0: it was still, it was, it was yeah, so sad. That, wow. That's such a, that's such good advice. Cause I think that I, I am personally of the belief that the inter- interrupted expectations or the unfulfilled expectations—that's where that's where it gets us, right? Like that's where we fail, and it yeah. can be as simple as like I thought this day, you know, just a normal like mom day was going to be awesome, and it wasn't, and that difference in yeah. expectation, like oh, that's for sure. where it fails. Not not it's it's when we can just accept like oh yeah, this was just kind of a whatever day versus yeah. like this didn't meet the bar that I set and.
1: Yeah. 100%. I
0: think people need to be aware of that, that the expectations
1: that you have for that day or, um, any day, I guess, even if you're giving birth, it's not always going to go how you planned it in your mind and you just need to roll with it and everything happens for a reason. So
0: absolutely. And I think that, you know, that, that goes for any kind of adoption that goes for foster care adoption that goes for international yeah. adoption, certainly because,
1: Yes. Yeah. You're having to do
0: things differently. And when you try to fit them into this like neurotypical or normal box, and that's what your expectations are based off of, like you're gonna fail every time, you know? Um, yeah. I just think that's such stage advice for anyone going through adoption, just like, hey, lay your expectations to the side, um, take it as it comes, all of that stuff. Um Yeah. Okay. So let's shift a little bit into your experience with sharing your story. Um, so at what point, you know, at some point you guys decided to just put your story out there and start sharing it more clearly people like it, but you know, what made you decide, was it just like, Hey, this is our family. We want to share about our family or was it truly with an adoption kind of scope? Yeah.
1: So we mostly just wanted to share our family because when we first started, like our TikTok and stuff, we weren't thinking of like, okay, we're we have an adopted child. Even though we put it in our bio because we knew people would ask questions, um, we just wanted to like share fun videos. And then as more adoption question came up, we're like, okay, maybe we can start spreading more awareness about it, making it more, um, what sort I'm looking for, like common for people to talk about. I feel like sometimes it's kind of a taboo topic. And people are afraid to ask questions about it, but we wanted to make it like normal. Um, So, yeah, we just kind of decided to start sharing more about it as well as still sharing all the like fun, just family videos that we
0: have. You know, it's funny because one of the one of the most common questions that we get, I don't know if you get this, um, is that like, are you going to tell them or how are you going to talk to them about it? Which is hilarious. Yes. My kids are white, so it's it's not a like completely. Yeah. White. Weird question. Right. So <laughs> like, like for us, we're like, yeah, we're never, they're never gonna not know. Like that's you know, if you listen to one yeah. adoptee, that's the way to go. But for you guys, it's cr- so yes because he does not look like you. So you're like, yeah, I think he's gonna yeah. figure it
1: out. No, not at all. Yeah. So I always think it's funny. People will like ask us all the time, are you gonna tell him? Well, obviously, like let's not ignore the elephant in the room. He's black, we're not. So I mean. Like you said, it's pretty obvious. But also, if people took the time to actually watch some of our videos or like follow our Instagram, they would know that we're really close with his birth family. So he's always going to know.
0: We hope it's not something where be like, okay,
1: you're adopted. He's just going to grow up knowing his story and not have to question it. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and knowing that he has lots of grown-ups to love him, you know. Yes,
1: and- yes, he has two families that love him unconditionally.
0: I love that. So, and I also so I think it's so funny that people specifically are like coming after you guys because it's a mixed race adoption or transracial adoption Yeah. and your husband is white right <laughs> very
1: right and then what you, what is your ethnicity i am half lebanese
0: and then half caucasian sure and so i just i think it's so funny when people are like how dare you adopt a minority and you're like hello i know like, yeah yes, I've yes. Been doing this
1: my whole and life. it's so funny <laughs> If you didn't, though, like, so we didn't have any preferences when we adopted. We did not care. We didn't care if they were Black, white, Asian. We didn't care what religion they were. We didn't care what gender they were. We didn't care if they had, like, substance abuse in the womb. We didn't care if they had Down syndrome. We were open 100%, whatever God had in store for us. And then people still scrutinize you. But on the other hand, if you were to have preferences, then people are going to hate you for that too. So, I mean, you can't win no matter what you do.
0: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, those questions might be valid, not from strangers on the internet, but those questions right. might be valid if you have, you know, two white parents who are adopting a, a you know, kid, a, a minority race kid. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words. A minority race kid. Yeah. <laughs> um who, you know, that then, yeah, like they're going to have to do a lot of extra work. But when you take someone like yes. you, who's had, like, you've had your share of stuff that you've dealt with for your whole life. And so you're not yeah. coming in blind to issues of, right. of not looking like other people in your surroundings. Right. So I just, I've always thought that was so funny to, to think like, why, why, where's the disconnect there? Like, do you think I'm right. most, like, don't know what this looks like or don't know how to talk? Oh, to for kid, sure. You know? Oh,
1: for sure. Growing up as, you know, era of descent, when 9-11 happened or when any of these wars happened, like we had to go through a lot. You know, my dad got a lot of hate for being Arab and us kids and my mom even for marrying someone who is Arab got a lot of hate. So, you know, we're not fully blind to racism that goes on in the world. Um, I don't know. I wish people would take more time to ask out of like caring versus scrutiny or just assuming that we're not going to do what's best. Yeah.
0: And so how, how are you taking those experiences in your own life and translating them into your parenting, just the conversations that you have, or just the viewpoint that you have of the world?
1: Just knowing that, I don't know how to explain this. Like no matter what ethnicity you are, no matter what, there's going to be people in the world that are hateful. And I want Abe to know that there's so many good people in the world and to try not to focus on any negativity that he gets he can do anything that he wants. He can do anything he sets his mind to. Um anyone can. And so we just want him to know that you know there's going to be some hard talks that we'll have with him with him being African American. Um but we want people to know that we we're willing to have those conversations and but all, at the end of the day we want him to know that he can do anything that he wants.
0: Yeah. And you have, you know, you have representation of not just a whitewashed world, literally in your house. And so taking those experiences and transferring them just to how you raise him is going to be really easy for you guys. Um, Not that you wouldn't have been willing to do the work anyway. And I think, right. um, You know, as far as from the hatred that you guys have gotten on the internet, it seems like especially your husband has come under fire. And I watched a video that he did, um, which was so like such a profound response when he said like, Hey, help me then. Like, yeah. Tell me, like, let's have a good conversation about it instead of just like keyboard warriors, you know, trolling my videos. Like, why don't you go to an adopt and let's start a community together. I just thought like when I watched that, I was like, wow, like slow clap for that. Like that was such a cool response to him being like, I'm not saying I'm doing it right. I'm just trying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we just want people to
0: be there to help us
1: and support us versus criticize us. Um, but yeah, that video—we got so many amazing messages from that video, and we wish we could have responded to everyone, but there were so many. But we are so thankful for the community that we have built of people who do support us.
0: Yeah, and so maybe just fill fill us in on what. And not that it was a singular thing, but I think there was like a specific yeah. singular thing that happened where your words were being taken out of context and your video was being shared yeah. without your permission and stuff like that. So what happened there and what has been your response, both like personally, but then also forward facing.
1: Yeah. So like I had mentioned when we ad- or announced that we were adopting, you know, a couple of years ago, my niece put on Twitter, it went viral and we got so much hate. We had to delete our Twitter accounts Um, I had to block hundreds and hundreds of people from my Instagram of people who are, and I know I'm going to say this and get more criticism, kind of anti-adoption, even though, you know, they will say they're not anti-adoption. It comes off very anti-adoption. And so we have dealt with these like hateful comments for so long. And so, you know, we were doing like a fun live a couple weeks ago. and an adoptee came on our live and had commented that we were exploiting our son and someone had called us a child stealer. I do not remember if it was the same person, but someone else commented child stealer, which we've had and heard for years. Um, but you know, I just had enough after two years. I'm like, I'm done just ignoring the responses. So I kind of went off in a little tangent (laughs) because I was super angry. Um, and it was like a pretty long like tangent, but instead they chose to pick like snippets of what I said versus like the whole message and kind of spread it around TikTok saying, you know, how horrible we are. Um and so I just kind of took my own little snippet and posted it. And since then I have reached out or talked to a few of um adoptees from the adoptive community that are super like understanding and have kind of talked with me. And you know, I don't know, like I said, we've dealt with so much hate for so many years that at some point we were just like you know what we have to respond a lot of adoptive parents are afraid to kind of like put themselves under that negative attention but I feel like it's so important for people to know again it's not all sunshine and rainbows you're not gonna have everyone love you all the time you're gonna have people that really despise you but don't let that stop you from sharing your story you know, any family can go and share their child on social media and no one says anything, but as soon as an adopted family chooses to share their family on social media, people are hating you and saying that you're exploiting them. But I could literally post a video next to the same other family making breakfast and no one is going to say anything,
0: you know? So, yeah. And I think, you know, that's, <clears throat> there were two responses that you had, cause I actually jumped on that live for a few minutes. Um, yeah. And two responses that you had, which was first of all, th- what you're saying, like we have a baby and we love him and we want to share our joy with the world. Like you don't yeah biological parents for doing that. And I yeah. know that, you know, there have been times in the past where adoptive parents have kind of put their kids on display to be like, look how cool we are and awesome. Yes. We are. And you know, you guys don't have biological children. So you're just trying to be like, we have a family and we're so happy about that. Yeah. And like, we want to share yeah. that, um, which I think is a really interesting perspective. And that was a, um, I think that that was a moment of vulnerability and it might not have even been taken that way, but I saw that just as an adoptive mom, I saw that you're saying like, can't I have some of this too? Like, why, why do I not get to do the things that you get to do just because I'm an adoptive mom? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I, I think the
1: way I came off, I was just so fed up with these comments that I'm getting on my social media channels. And then when it was on like a happy live after we just played with bubbles for an hour, like just out of the blue, literally is about to sign off. And I had just like had it. I was like, I am going to respond. And my husband's so annoyed when I do that because I do, I get like mama bear mode. Like, why can I not share how beautiful my son is or how beautiful our family is or how beautiful our open adoption is without getting hated on just like any other family. So, you know, I will try and choose my words more carefully next time. But when you're in the heat of the moment, you just like, kind of, you see red and you just say whatever
0: is on your mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that that's humanity, you know? um Yeah. And yeah. But the, the second response that I wanted to talk about, which was something that I'm hearing echo echoed so many times among adoptive moms is you responded to that person. You said, If that's what happened to you, I'm so sorry. And I think that yeah. that is such a beautiful representation of how we can hold both. We can say, like, this group of adoptees over here had a really crappy hand dealt to them. And I'm so sorry about yeah. that. Like, that happened and it's valid. Yeah. And it's, you're not wrong. Like, we're not silencing you anymore. Yeah. And like, those are all good things. But at the same time, there's this whole other group of adoptees that are like, My adoption story was great. You know, I have several yeah. of those in my life that are like, I don't relate with those adoptees who felt like, you know, they couldn't be themselves or they didn't know who they were, but, but neither one of them are wrong. And so I think that just responding and saying like, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I I'm doing my very best to make sure that that's not our journey.
1: Yeah. And I know a lot of adoptive parents say that, and we truly mean it. However, I know that adoptee community, you know, that is not for adoption. They hate when we say that we're sorry. And that You know, we recognize that they might not have had the best experience, but I guess I don't know how else to go about it other than to say, we know that adoption is not all it's meant to like, not every adoption is perfect. Not every adoption is going to be where the family is one big, happy family and the adopted child grows up and, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but we're doing the best that we can. And we do hear you guys. And we do want to hear your voices and we do want to understand your traumas but also we want to hear it from a place of kind also understanding for us as adopted parents. um, You know, his birth family chose adoption. They chose us to raise their children or to raise their son. And we do hear them. We do understand, but we also will not respond to the hate, you know, as much as we'll respond to the kindness and the love.
0: Absolutely. I mean, all of that, hundred percent. I think that it's so beautifully said, um, especially when, you know, sometimes we're put in these situations where we're having to question, are we, am I right? Am I doing the right thing? Yes. Am I completely? Failing? Yeah. Like, are they right about me? And right. It can be some of the loneliest feelings.
1: It made me want to like quit posting, which is sad. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't know. So adoptive parents, just don't let that get to you know that they are coming from a place of being hurt and they do want to be heard. Um, but also know that you're doing everything that you can to provide for this child and you shouldn't feel guilty about it, but just do the best that you can so that they don't grow up to have that same feeling towards adoption, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amen. Sister. Um, okay, are you cool with getting into some of these closing questions? Yeah, okay. What do you wish that you had known at the very beginning of this journey? If you could go back and tell yourself day one.
1: If I could go back and tell myself day one, it would be to know that adoption is so hard, whether you're doing foster care adoption, whether you're doing private adoption, international adoption, it is challenging but the reward at the end when you have this little family and this little baby like it's 100% worth it i would do it all over again in a heartbeat yeah
0: Ah, uh, i love that um and i think that that's that's goes back to the expectation conversations that we were have expectations conversation that we were having just knowing that it's hard but specifically knowing how it's going to be hard um yeah. just know and and maybe that's part of the journey maybe we weren't meant to understand that but at the same time yeah it would be so nice to be like it's not it's not gonna be this easy process or you're and it's not gonna right. be this like oh okay this we got over the the one hurdle now everything's gonna, yeah you know it's yes be a yes yeah definitely okay what do you wish you had done differently? Ooh, what do I wish I had done
1: differently? I feel like this kind of goes back to it not being like perfect, you know you want to dive in 100%, your whole heart, as soon as you match with someone. And I feel like, yes, that's good, because you want to like build a relationship and stuff. But, you know, that first adoption, I was like, 100%, this is happening. And it crushed me like so much when it and, or, you know, when we matched a second, third time, don't be 100%. And because it can change at any time, you know, and there's nothing that you can do. And you still hope, for the best with, you know, those families, but
0: at the same time, you have to protect your heart a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. If you were to look back even, even currently, but what is, what is your very favorite way that your tribe has supported you throughout this journey? Um, from, you know, sitting with you and listening to you vent to giving you meals, like what has been your very favorite?
1: I mean, I have to say, Our family and friends have been the most supportive people in our lives from the time we announced, like baby showers, they still came, gender reveals, they still came, like everything that any pregnant or expecting mom could hope for, our family was there. Um, My parents, when our adoption kind of got a little rocky after Abe was born, they were there to like sit with us and listen to us cry and like express our emotions, Um, but also like Abe's birth family, they've been such a great tribe for our family. Like when I have questions about his hair, I can text his birth mom. When I have questions like, Hey, does so-and-so have allergies? Like, do you think I should do this? Like, they're just so supportive. I don't know. I, like I said, I feel like they're our second family. So we've been so blessed to just have like an extension of our tribe, you know, with his birth family.
0: I love that. Like that, that just makes me to use a very like old fashioned term, it warms my heart. Like it makes me so happy to see that these kinds of relationships can be without fear. Um, as I think yeah, natural fear that crops up of like, I don't know, like, what does this mean? Can, is there enough love to go around? Like silly things that when we look at that question on paper, we're like, of course, but in our heart, yeah, those things creep up. And so to see a relationship that's void of fear, that's void of, you know, the, the, all the like, what ifs. And when you can just say like, we're in this together you know
1: yeah yeah it's definitely amazing i highly recommend open adoptions if people are for it or can do it i mean it's the best thing that's ever happened for
0: us so yeah um okay how have you felt unsupported or misunderstood um and i think this is a funny question because we just got done talking about how yeah <laughs> but maybe uh <laughs> we'll sum it all up or give us another example i feel like just you know with social
1: media people will come to their own conclusions and not everyone's going to love you. People are going to hate you. Um, you know, the more followers you get, the more people that are going to follow just because they don't like you. Um, so I mean, I feel like the only reason we're unsupported is social media, which is sad. Like, why do we continue to put ourselves out there for social media when you do get so much hate, but you also get a lot of love, too? So, I don't know. I feel like yeah, the most unsupportive people, <laughs> I feel like are the keyboard warriors behind
0: their computer. Yeah, no, absolutely. That would, I mean, I think that's like Taylor's as old as time, you know?
1: Yes. Um.
0: Okay. If you could sum it all up, wrap it up for us. What is your best piece of advice or encouragement for adoptive families in the trenches? I love this
1: question. I love answering this question. My social worker gave me this piece of advice when we started our adoption journey and it has stuck true. 100% is adoption. Isn't really about you. Like this is private adoption is what I'm speaking on. Um, Don't make it about you. It's not about you. It's about this birth mom or this birth family that's choosing you to raise their child. They're choosing to give away a piece of their heart to people that they barely even know. So don't make it about you. Make it about them. Make them comfortable with you. Make them know that you guys are in it for the best reasons. And you're um, you're willing to give this child the best life alongside them. If you're doing open adoption, like, I don't know, you're all in it together. You both want want what's best for this child. But at the end of the day, like it's about her and it's about her wishes. And it's about how she views this family who's going to raise her child. Yeah.
0: Like so beautifully said, um, all of that. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, okay. Okay. So, where can we follow along with you? Where can we find you and keep up with your adorable favorites? So, you can follow our TikTok.
1: It's Happily Evans After with two Rs at the end. Um, we also have our Instagram, which is the same name, Happily Evans After. And then our YouTube is Happily Evans After. Um, I believe that one only has one R at the end. I know it's confusing. Um, I try oh, and knows. post, I know, I try and post like real life stuff on our Instagram stories. However, I've been kind of slacking at that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We like I said, we try and keep it really real on all of our pages. So
0: yeah, as evidenced by our whole conversation here. Like you're like, yeah, questions I got answers, man. Um okay. Sorry,
1: Ava is so cute, like coming in here waving. Okay.
0: I gotta see him. Can can I see?
1: Yeah. This is him. Okay. He's like, don't mind our other bathroom under construction, but hi. can you say hi? <laughs> he's like let me in there mom let me in there we're almost done babe (laughs) so cute
0: sorry Um, okay guys. So Ashley and I are about to go have a fun conversation as always for the Patreon community. If you are not a part of that community, you should go to the adoptive mom com slash Patreon to join us. It is very affordable. And for the small, small price, you get to hear Ashley answer five questions that she has no idea are coming to her. So, um, for everyone else, thank you so much. Ashley. No, thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the adoptive mom podcast I hope you found encouragement here I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job we are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom thanks for joining us